Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Straw Hut Media. That's right. We are recording just before hours before hours before season eight eight season eight premiere the final season. It just hit me again today that the last season was in 2017. We Shit, missed. We went, we went a year without. We Game went of a Thrones. year without it. I don't know how I survived. Man, um, fun life update for me. Uh, well, and you because you just met him. My moon and stars. <laughs> my moon and my stars. <laughs> my Marvin. Um, we just got a doodle named Marvin, who's real fucking cute. Let me tell you, about twenty five pounds right now. He's an Irish doodle, so an Irish setter poodle. Where he gets that gorgeous coppery red complexion. You're saying a lot of words that mean almost Not, nothing no, to me. A little to nothing. Well, he's very soft. Irish. I get that. I know that's a place. That's why he drinks Guinness all the time. <laughs> I don't mean that to be offensive to the Irish. I am Irish. I also drink. Or, or to dog owners. Or she to, is not getting her dog drunk. Yeah, don't worry. No, not at all. Um, yeah. So in case anybody hears some squeaking or some Marvin, no, Marvin, sit. That's Marvin and Mike Gnard, the other Mike in my life, um, you know, trying to get Marv to, I don't know, probably not bite. He's teething everybody. No one's ankles are safe. He's nipping at my heels all over this house. Uh, and honestly, my leg wasn't safe from... No, he's finding himself. He's discovering himself. He's really not discovering himself. Of the flesh. <laughs> Pleasures of the fur is happening to Marvin <laughs> right now. So I heard this interesting podcast. Okay, so welcome back to. We're, here, we're back. So I heard this interesting podcast. The podcast about podcasts, in case this is anyone's first episode, Kelsey and I. Once a week, get together and talk about all the cool stuff that we heard in the podcasting world and uh, let you know what we think is good and bad and all that stuff. Yeah. And if this is your first episode, stop and go back to the beginning. Go we back have... to the Knifed Man. I... <laughs> go back to the Knifed Man. I mean, there's some gems in the first, what, 10 episodes? Are we 10 in? I think we're eight in. Holy cow. So I we're know. quitting our day jobs. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Because I think that you got up with that MeUndies blanket, though. I am just covered in a, a, a retail exclusive at Century City MeUndies store, a Slaz blanket. Nice little plug right there. Yeah, there's a little plug for our micro-modal that's three times softer than cotton. <laughs> and I'm getting paid by MeUndies, but we are not getting no, paid. No, I'm by not getting, getting getting paid by MeUndies, but... One day. Yeah, one day. One, one day. day we'll both be getting checks from them. Kelsey, maybe two. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, what are we talking about today? Okay, so I feel like every week I come in and say, like, I'm going to do something a little different this week. And I think, or I'm going to try something new. And I think I've just accepted that every week. It's going to be something new. I'm just going to throw out something sort of different and see what sticks. Because, I don't know, I just can't seem to settle on any one kind of format I like to do this in. I mean, there's the box. And then that's you sitting 
10 feet outside the box, you know? And I, <laughs> that's what I love about you. Yeah, exactly. You can't, can't keep me down. Um, so, uh, exciting news in the world of podcasting for me is that two of my all-time favorite podcasts started their fifth seasons very recently. Oh. And so I've been sort of chugging along the new ones of those, and that's... that's kind of, sidebar, forget podcasts have seasons, because I just, I'm like, constantly listening to old stuff, I'm hopping around, yeah. that it's not been, until like, Serial, that was the first, like, oh, that season ended, now I have to wait for more of it. Yeah. I kind of forget that they have seasons. Yeah, yeah, these two shows, I love them both so much, and they've been gone for a little bit. The first one is Science Versus, it comes from mm. Gimlet Media, and that one, actually, one of its best strengths is that it comes around pretty regularly they produce their show pretty fast so are the seasons like one season covers one theme topic story or like no, every episode is still every different? episode is a one-off thing um so and, and i it's pretty densely reported it's a science journalism podcast and it's i don't know how they do it so fast but they they seem to move much quicker than most other shows i listen to um like my other one of my other all-time favorites, Invisibilia from NPR. Ah, uh, you got me on Invisibilia. Yeah. Real good. Fucking love that show so much. And those are shorter. Oh, I'm thinking of 99% Invisible. I mean, I listen to both, but 99% okay. Invisible has short episodes. Like yes. 20 to 30 minutes. Exactly. Or Invisibilia. Invisibilia is actually usually a little more long form. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. More in the hour range. Gotcha. Um, and really well told. Um, but they tend to take like a year almost between seasons. So you got to wait. A while. They're doing the research. But they're doing the research and they produce some great stuff. Yeah. So I think I'll have to break this up into like a two-parter in two episodes here because I have so much to say about it. Is this our first two-parter? This could be our first two-parter. We're really graduating. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> incredible stuff. It turns out that we have even more to say than we thought wow. we did. Um, so uh, I'll talk about Science Versus this time and probably Invisibilia next time and how I'm going to format this for Kelsey and all the listeners is walk you through what Science Versus is all about and then give you sort of my master list of recommendations across all five seasons of what was my favorite so that if you want to jump in um, like dip a toe in here and you've never listened to it you can like hopefully start with some really good stuff that'll get you into the show and then carry on as you would like. Incredible. Yeah so um, like I said earlier it's from Gimlet Media you have Australian host and science journalist Wendy Zuckerman, who is sort of guiding you through each episode. She sounds like a delight. She is delightful. If I had to put a visual to her, I am imagining the, what's the teacher's name in the magic school bus? Miss Frizzle? That sounds right. I I don't know no what idea. she looks like visualizing a Miss Frizzle. Mrs. Frizzle. I think she was single. Miss Frizzle. Let's say Ms. Frizzle. And Ms. Then, Frizzle. That's you know. what sounded. It wasn't, yes. Ms. Frizzle. Ms. <laughs> MZ. Frizzle. <laughs> Continue. I just wanted to put that out there for yeah, listeners good, that good, are potentially good. also very visual. Yeah, right, right, right. And any other She's got watchers an of the magic on her bus. shoulder. She's shrinking down in a school bus going into like, I don't know, the liver or something. Okay, so you have a great picture of Wendy now. Yeah. <laughs> Zuckerman, right? <laughs> Wendy Zuckerman, yeah. Um, and she takes something like a, like a piece of sort of pop culture, but like science pop culture um, or a current event or something like uh, first episode was about fracking. The very first episode ever was about fracking. Just to give you like an idea of it's like, I don't know what to call it exactly. I call it science pop culture because it's sort of a new thing that people are still debating and people feel very strongly about. And so she'll take something that has, that's 
controversial and walk you through the arguments that are made on both sides of an issue. Like, just lay them all Pro out. Pro-fracking, anti-fracking. Exactly. She mm-hmm. lets you know, like, these are the arguments we hear most commonly on either side of this issue. And then... Love yeah, love that. And then she'll guide you through all of the science that's ever been done, really, on the topic, based on those arguments, and be like, so, someone's making... This claim that fracking causes earthquakes. Here's the science. Here's the science that we know about that's gotcha. been done, that's been published um, in peer-reviewed journals and reputable sources that we have. And then, so bullet point by bullet point, like these are the arguments we're making on each side. Here's the science for this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she kind of tallies up a score. Oh, so there's a winner. And exactly, there's kind of like a winner and a loser Ooh, at the end of it. I like that. The yeah. stakes are high. Love it, right? And then, uh, and so she'll like resummarize at the end, like, so here were all those arguments again, mm-hmm. and then one sentence summary of what we talked about with that science, and then say like, either you can make this claim or you cannot make this claim. It's kind of like um, discrediting or supporting each claim. So after walking you through all of the available science for each argument, then she tallies it up into mm-hmm. a kind of score at the end and gives you a summarized ending of what we can say we know about a given topic. And sometimes there's a winner and a loser, but you have to be comfortable with the idea that sometimes a study hasn't been done well enough for us to make a claim about it in either direction. TBD. And all there is to say is that not enough science has been done about this topic yet. So everyone who's making an outrageous claim about it is wrong because yeah. they no one can make that claim. And Everybody needs to slow their roll a little bit. Exactly. And Do that the can, science first. Yeah, exactly. I've been saying it for years. Science <laughs> first, everybody. <laughs> if Kelsey's famous for anything, it's science first. Yeah, I mean, why do you think I'm always in a lab coat? <laughs> I'm doing the work every day. Every day of my life. <laughs> I think I almost lost my wine on that one. Um, so it can be a little unsatisfying. Right. Sometimes at the end when you're like, yeah, we don't know. But I I look at that as more like responsible journalism, where it's like, this is not exactly what you want to hear, but this is all that we can say. It's very serial season one. Love it. You know, not everything is, you know, tied up with a bow around it. Yeah, get get over it, everybody. God. Burn your bows, everybody. (laughs) Enough of you and your bows, listeners. (laughs) Uh, So the topics... We'll cover, like, a range of sort of trivial stuff to, like, kind of heavy stuff. Like, they'll go into immigration, gun control, vaccines. Like, those are really serious stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that's, like, things that you hear a lot about but maybe aren't as well informed about as as you should be. So Probably things, like fracking. <laughs> like fracking. Yeah. Well, I would put that in more of the serious topic, I think. Yeah. Like, that. that's... Potentially has some more serious repercussions and I don't know, listen sure, to the episode sure. if you want to get informed. It was the first, it's the first episode of the first season, so oh. I actually don't remember it as well as I should. But they do stuff like um, the science behind artificial sweeteners. Oh. GMO foods, balding, the G-spot. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, the, the house just shuddered a little bit when you said that. <laughs> I hit the house's G-spot. <laughs> <laughs> when I said that one. Uh, so if it exists, right? <laughs> <laughs> listen and find out. Um, and so, like, I love this kind of a show because it's the like things like GMO foods. Like people feel very strongly, like, oh, we only want non-GMO foods, but like, why? I don't know anything about them. I just know I don't want them. Genetically, genetically modified. 
something with an O. What's O? <laughs> I don't think I know what the O is. Gen- genetically modified organisms? That can't be right. Or, you know, I'd put money on that. I thought orangutan, oranges, and those aren't like <laughs> I think it's, is it, does orangutan start with an O? I thought it was an A. An, orangutan? Okay, now who's the asshole? Orangutan <laughs> definitely starts with a no. I don't know if I've ever seen that word written. <laughs> I, I just keep hearing about these orangutans. You're the one in the lab coat, so. Organism, you got. <laughs> is it organism? It is organism. Yes, Confirmation. fuck yeah. Yeah, it's a win for you today. Okay, thank you. I Yeah, I feel really good about that then. So those gemet- genetically, genetically, <laughs> genetically modified organisms, like I know that people say this a lot, like, and actually do one about organic food as well. Can they do one about gluten? Because that would probably... They might have. I have to go back and Surprise look. Surprise and delight. At least see. me. Yeah, exactly. So they take stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Lots of, like, fad diets come up in the, um, the like, cynical mean part of me likes bubble bursting a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, they did one on, like, essential oils, where they're like, here's all the claims that people are making about what essential oils do, and it's... It's pretty woo-woo. Okay, you know what well, I mean? First uh, account opinion on a – what's it called? First account opinion. <laughs> first account opinion. <laughs> okay, we can take that back. What's my – You have a first-hand account for I me, do. apparently. I'm going to put the pause on that because I was at my sister's bachelorette party. I Oh, right. Magic Mike the sequel. Oh, my God. We don't have enough tape <laughs> to cover my thoughts on that experience. Um, But the next morning – one would expect to not feel great after consuming the beverage. After a bachelorette party in general. Exactly. And shout out to, um, oh, I'm having, Jackie. Whoa. Shout out to Jackie. I don't know if she's a friend of the pod. If you're listening, Jackie, I apologize. <laughs> I just stalled on your name for a second. <laughs> and if you're not listening, then you're dead to us. Yes. Good point. Um, Jackie is a yoga instructor and is one with the essential oils. And she did a little peppermint oil, like on our temples, because we were having headaches, if you could believe it. And what? I'm telling you, something good happened with that peppermint oil. Okay. So actually, uh, and this is the only one I'm going to really spoil because otherwise I'm going to go into all of them and it's going to take me forever. But they do say that, so essential oils don't inherently do anything, okay. scientifically speaking. However, they well, do... I, I'm not one for science. You know this. I've never <laughs> believed in it. <laughs> so true. Um, <laughs> but they do play on our placebo effect very strongly. Yes. Okay. So, and it's like, they called it placebo effect, but I feel like it's slightly different than that. It's more like learned behavior or something so if you have an association with peppermint oil as being something that is calming then when you it'll have a calming it will have a calming effect effect. not because of science but because you have that association and that placebo effect is really strong and not to be discounted totally you know and and so they work for you as long as you believe they work for you and as long as you have an association with that sort of smell Mm -hmm. then then it will work it's just not necessary that Peppermint doesn't necessarily do anything right. on its own. Right. But in general, I'm okay with that. Yeah, me like, too. I, I think placebo is great. It's not real, but it still does something positive for me because I believe it does. Well, I'm gonna keep enjoying whatever that thing yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna keep doing it. And so this wasn't like the bubble burst that I really wanted it to be, but uh but that that makes it a bubble deflation. <laughs> exactly. It's probably better because otherwise I go pointing a finger at someone's face and being like, your life's a fraud. Right. But this time I can be like, your life's a fraud, but as long as you believe that fraud, 
you're cool. More power to your and fraud. It's gonna, yeah, more power. You and your fraud. <laughs> Go skip it off into the exactly. sunset. Exactly. I was about to say the same thing. Um, let me give you a couple other like episode yes, please. titles. Uh, well, we talked about their other stuff. So I guess maybe I can move on to my um, recommendations. Yeah. From across like five seasons of Science Versus. These are the ones that when I scrolled back through all five seasons, these episode titles, I was like, ooh, I remember that one. Because it's the kind of show where information heavy in a way that I love. And so I want to remember everything that I hear on every episode. But I just can't. I'm only human. So as much as people debate it, I'm only human. (laughs) Um, So uh, I loved one on attachment parenting. Ooh. Very interesting. Um, And I think important to listen to because attachment parenting is like – uh, so demanding of parents. Are you familiar with attachment parenting? I, uh, As a thank God you asked, because I am not. <laughs> and I, I was sitting here nodding in agreement, <laughs> really not knowing what I was nodding to. <laughs> uh, attachment parenting is where you essentially treat the first three months of a child's life as a fourth trimester. Like you never put them down, ever. Uh, they sleep in bed with you. Like this is a conscious choice the parents make to This is a style attachment. of parenting, okay. exactly, pretty much. Mm. And so they walk you through all the science about attachment parenting because it's so difficult for parents to, to do. Yeah. But they feel a lot of pressure to make sure that kids are properly attaching, forming proper attachments. So they walk you through all the science about attachment parenting. Um, and I really remember that one strongly. They did one about abortion that had some really shocking statistics in it about who in America is getting abortions. Fascinating. Because it's not teenage girls, let me tell you. And so, so worth listening to just because it's such a um, discussion right now that it, I think, will just inform people's choices so much better. Time for a refill. Empty. It's okay. I've had two glasses already. Okay. Um. They did one on CBD, cannabis product, CBD, that I thought was really fascinating. And the only one of these that I think I may have even cried a little bit. Oh, my God. It it had the most intense. One of the side effects. I didn't know of CBD. Makes you cry. Uh, Yeah. Uh, It was so. Gets you high, makes you cry. (laughs) Doesn't get you high. CBD is the the non-psychoactive ingredient of marijuana. Yeah. Uh, I mean. So. I had to say it for the joke. The rhyme. I couldn't pass up the rhyme. Couldn't pass up a good rhyme. Uh. They did one on circumcision, which I found really fascinating. I find circumcision culture really interesting, probably because I'm gay and I, I love dicks. I a number but... of really, like, interesting con- – like, that's come up in conversation with friends of mine, like, as people I know are looking to have kids in the near future. The conversation, like, would you – is that I, – I don't know. I didn't have brothers, so that's, like, a fairly foreign thing to me. Um, and be, can be weirdly quite an emotional – topic for men in the u.s because we do it sort of arbitrarily and not for religious reasons and i don't know it was just so interesting like being a man i thought i knew i understood and there was a lot that i didn't understand totally and so that was like really cool to just sort of get some clarity on that stuff they did it on veganism and all the like are all the claims that vegans make about veganism true and that was really interesting to have someone sort of soberly walk through all that stuff with the emotional stuff 
set aside a little totally. bit and just be like, here is what we can say is good and bad about veganism. And um, and that was super cool to hear. And then they did one that I loved that was kind of trivial, uh, comparing the benefits of alternative milks. Oh, yeah. like a hemp milk, a exactly. soy milk. They did. And oat milk. I just discovered that one. Soy, almond, and oat versus dairy. Those are the ones, because those are the most common ones that you find. Yeah. So they did those three compared to dairy milk and just walking through like what is good and bad about all of these. Let me tell you, a little oat milk on a life cereal, real delight. I'm not <laughs> upset about it. Well, and you can listen to this and find out what's good and bad about your oat milk. Huh. And so that's what I mean about stuff that's like... No, like every single thing you just said is exactly like I... These are topics. These are things that I've heard that I am not educated about really. And would love to hear more about like the pros, cons. Give me an argument. Like keep emotion out of it. Give me the science behind why we're doing something. Why people are arguing against it. Like I'm in on this, man. Yeah. And and it's cool because there are a million podcasts you can listen to about the effects of immigration. You know, like, and so many people have emotional rea- I mean, emotional reactions yeah. and there's just like so much research about it. And you're kind of hearing people's opinions about it um, and hearing about the data. Um, you're hearing about the data without hearing the data. You yeah. Know what it, I mean? And it's just coming at you all the time. Right. Yeah. And so, but the stuff that affects our immediate day to day lives might be more like, should I be using dairy milk or soy milk? Or oat milk. Or oat milk. What or should I, I mean... Can I tell vegans to go fuck off and shut up? Or do I have to listen to what they have to say? Yeah. You know? And like, so it's really fun to hear that stuff that is so applicable immediately to your day-to-day life that's not necessarily so emotionally consequential. And that's like something I just love about this show generally is it's always like, oh, cool. This has like come up. This is something my friends and I have talked about at some right. point. And it doesn't matter that much, maybe, but like now I'm going to know something more about it. Relatively low. And yet so applicable to how you live your life normally yeah. that you can kind of glean something really cool from it. Totally. And then educate your friends about this interesting podcast that you heard. <laughs> Which I do at every possible juncture to a lot of eye rolling. That's why we're here. <laughs> exactly. We're trying to get those eyes rolling. <laughs> Some things that people I've recommended this to in the past have maybe not loved so much about the show is – well, Wendy Zuckerman is from Australia, so she's got her Australian accent, and some people don't seem to love that. Just annoyed by her voice in general. Yeah, which, of course, is a thing in any podcast you're listening to. The quality of the voice of the um, the host is a big deal. 100%. Her voice doesn't bother me at all, and but I it does for some people. So, I don't know. You have to kind of listen and make your own judgment about that. Um, she's really into puns. I'm not so, mad about that. That so, doesn't sound yeah. like I'm not I'm not upset. Yeah, so uh I've had some people tell me it's too much for them and they can't too listen. They it's too punny and they can't listen like and it it gets to me a little bit but not enough. I think the content is so good that I can see past the pun. Very easily set that aside, but like uh one of the shows is called Fasting Diets. What's the skinny? Okay. That's just <laughs> Quality content. I support what she's trying to do. Serial killers. Science of the lambs. Okay. <laughs> Kelsey's on board. She can't wait to listen to the show. I love her. And this goes Ms. throughout. Miss Frizzle is doing the Lord's work out there. And she's pretty funny while she does it. Yeah. It's uh, throughout the show, she will just sort of sneak them in and not even acknowledge them for the most part. And I find it kind of funny. Some people, they can't take I it. I mean, moderately charming at best. I agree. So... 
take that all into consideration. Go give Science Versus a try. Um, I mentioned so many different episodes on this one. If you look through the list of your five seasons, there the, definitely there is going to be something there for everyone that's going to catch your eye if you want to really dig into something more serious and political, economics, or, you know, milk. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think the real strength of the show is. So that, that is sounds amazing. Science on, versus from that's science versus from Gimlet Media. Uh, next week, I'll jump into Invisibilia and walk you through what that show's about, and give you my like favorite episodes from five seasons of that show. I'm excited. Yeah, so I think we can take a quick break, little break, a little break, and then we're gonna get back in. Kelsey has got something very cool to tell us about a deep dive. A deep, oh, channeling oh. a little Wendy Zuckerman right there. But um. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Happy to be back. Love being back with you, Mike Amico. Okay, so we're going to cover Snap Judgment, a pod fave from uh, both of ours. Probably more you than me, but still love me some Snap Judgment. This is episode, I don't think there's a number. I don't know if they do numbers. Do they? I don't remember either. I think they have episode numbers, but they also have episode titles. Well, I can give you the title. That much I can give you. (laughs) (laughs) Title is Where No One Should Go. I'm going to tell you, this is one that I listened to a long time ago at your recommendation. Yes, from that famous road trip. A road trip. Mike Amico gave me like 10 episodes, very much like what he just did. Of like, these are the must listens of the different podcasts that he had been listening to. Um, And this was one of them. And it like definitely made an imprint in my brain. I remembered the story uh, more or less until recently. um, My husband, Mike Gennard, was sent an article by... Another friend of mine, Sarah Butler, shout out Sarah Butler, friend of the pod, um, about this deep sea uh, scuba diving in this like freshwater cave in Africa. These divers did like a rescue mission of this, of a a man's body that had been um, left down there. And Mike was telling me the story. I was in the car and he was like, oh my, like breaking down, like, because Mike is a scuba diver. Other Mike, not you. Well, you? Nope. No. Definitely not. Okay. Very afraid of the ocean. One for two. Um... (laughs) And yeah, he was like walking me through the whole thing. And I was like, this is sounding so familiar. Why does it sound familiar? And then I was like, oh my God, I listened to this in a podcast. And a podcast is sort of a great medium for this because you could hear the men and like the one man primarily involved in the story. You can hear him telling what happened to him. So it is just like a wild ride to go on. Yeah, you get that. You get that firsthand account. The hardest words (laughs) that there are to say 
in the right order. <laughs> let me tell you from experience. No, but exactly right. Like hearing and like the they do a really good job like with the editing, the music, like you're just along for the ride and are truly at the edge of your seat the whole time you hear it. I remember when I listened to this for the first time and it was so impactful that I remember that I was driving from Long Beach back to my parents' house in Santa Clarita. Yeah. Like I can remember where I was and being white knuckled gripped on my steering wheel. Totally. My eyes bulging out of my freaking face because I've never heard a story like this, I don't think, that just paints this picture of like... It's just, it's my nightmare. It's 1,000% like my ultimate nightmare. It triggered all like claustrophobia. All the claustrophobia, the ocean fear, the dark, the like, exactly. all this stuff. This is my only, the only thing I can kind of relate to on this, because I can't scuba dive because I have a friggin' hole in my friggin' eardrum and <laughs> scuba diving will never be in the cards for me. Bummer. But when I was in makeup school, I got a life cast done. So they cover your whole head. You wear like a cap over your hair. They cover your whole like shoulders up in silicone and then put plaster bandages. So the only like holes so that you can breathe are like two nostril holes. Oh man. And it's like 45 minutes to an hour, this process where you're just, it's dark and like your ears, obviously everything is covered. And like, I had a momentary panic attack when I was like, I need to breathe. I need this off of me. And that knowing like that can't happen. Yeah. I mean, that would be did, I'd well. have to redo this whole process. I'd have to start from scratch <laughs> in another 30 minutes. You so. have nothing to gain from... Exactly, yeah. from bailing ship. So that's the only thing. So it triggers those like feelings of like, get me out of here, yet you can't get out of here. So I'm going to take you all on this journey. I am not going to be nearly as good as Don Shirley, who's the man telling the story. What a name. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try to fill those... Do you think he ever says, don't call me Shirley? And you're like, no, that's your name. Maybe. I mean, that probably happened when he was younger. Then he was like, like I'm getting too old for this shit. Then <laughs> he stopped that joke. Um, okay. So I'm going to set the set the scene a little bit here. So there is a place, and um, it's called the Karoo. It's the desert scrublands of northern South Africa. There's nothing here. No northern trees, no South water. Africa. Northern. I know that one took me That's... a little bit to get my brain around. Uh, northern South Africa, the Karoo. There's nothing. No trees, no water, like as far as you can see. And you come up upon this little hill and you see what looks like kind of like a puddle. You just think it's a puddle covered in like algae. Actually, they called it duckweed if we're going to get specific. South Africans, you know. I know. And they pull, you pull aside the duckweed and you realize the water is clear. It's not like still stagnant water that's like growing a bunch of shit in it. It's clear water. So it has a source. It's, it, it filters down somewhere. So if you go inside, what again, looks like a puddle. And if you look at pictures, um, it's in the Karoo, but this body of water is called Bushman's Cave. I highly recommend just like Google image it because it's pretty wild. It just, again, looks like a fairly small pond. Do you have an image? Oh, I'll, let's get yeah. Mike's reaction of because the... Because I haven't actually... I've heard the story, but I've never seen oh the, my God. the image of it. Look at that. Oh. Just looks like a kind of a small pond yeah. that's covered in green. It does. There's like, there's like a sheer cliff and then... It's covered in what I guess is duckweed. I keep wanting—I keep wanting to make a nerdy Lord of the Rings joke and say, "Oh, Athalas, it's a weed." Anyway. <laughs> oh my god! My nerd I'm, a, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. I still didn't get that. Okay, Don't well, be embarrassed. Though. You're some, so cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, anyways, so within this again, what looks like a puddle, there is below that 900 feet of water. It's what—it's like the third deepest freshwater natural cave. 
Um, so for a reference, it's 900 feet. It could fit pretty much if the Eiffel Tower was sitting at the base of this, just the tip of the Eiffel Tower would be showing. And it's about two football fields, two and a half football fields wide. So it's got a real ass on it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Once you get in there. And, okay, I love a comparison like that because visually, you that, can that see is it. easier to understand than when people are like, that weighs as much as 300 Statues of Liberty. All, and you're like, what the? That doesn't help me visualize totally. what you're talking about right. at all, where like one Statue of Liberty. I would even say two would help me. But when they're like, this is as tall as 25 Statues of yeah. Liberties laid out on their sides diagonally. Yeah. And you're like, like uh, does okay. not help me. But two football fields and one Statue of Liberty, I can understand well, that. Well, it's an Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. Let's not sell this cave short any <laughs> any number of They're feet. both from France. I'm just getting confused. You're not wrong. Okay. Um, so they said the only living thing in this cave is blind white cave shrimp. I mean, who did That's he have to piss community. off if he came reincarnated as a blind white cave shrimp? Yeah, it sounds more like people that live in Florida. Yeah. Are... <laughs> oh my God, shots fired. Mike Gennard in the other room is from Florida. Well, he nope. can't hear us right now. Yeah, right? He's too busy dealing with Marvin. Um, anyways, so I thought this was interesting. There's only about a dozen divers in the world, in the world, that can dive to those depths. Like up to uh, just shy of a thousand, so 900 to a thousand feet. Only a couple dozen in the world. And only a few divers, like less than six divers on the planet have been to the bottom of this cave, Bushman's Cave. So for context, more people have walked on the moon, have like set foot on the moon, than have been to the bottom of this cave. Another amazing comparison. Right. That is shocking in a way that I can understand yeah. immediately how dangerous this is. I'm shook. You shook? You look <laughs> shook. Um, okay. So I'm going to set up the story that is being told, again, by Don Shirley. So there are three main players. And this, I had to rewind a number of times because I got very confused. There's a Don, there's a Dion, and there's a Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Triple D. We got Don Shirley. We got Dion Dreyer. And we got Dave Shaw. Again, Don Shirley. Don is the one telling the story. Okay. So Don uh, sets this up by saying he and Dave met in 2002. um, And a couple years later, Don took Dave to dive. I mean. Oh, my God. Good Lord. This whole thing is a tongue twister. write this or what? Seriously. Uh, Don took Dave to dive Bushman's Cave. So Dave goes in first. While he's going down, so he lays something, it's called the shot line. So it's like the the one rope, like the one line that is what gets you out. Like this that line's gone. Scared the shit out of me. Exactly. Like this one rope going down 900 feet to the bottom of this cave, that is the only thing that gets you back up because it's pitch black, like outer space. I mean, you shine a light and it is just absorbed into nothingness. I think they, blackness. they used a phrase that I haven't forgotten, even though I haven't listened to this episode in at least two years. Yeah. Where they, they said like, it eats light. Mm-hmm. That you point a flashlight at something and nothing happens because it's so dark. It eats more light than I eat blind white cave shrimp. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, cut that out. Zing. Zing. Okay. No, but you're exactly right. Like, light just disappears. It's just, there's nothing. There's, like, just nothingness in this cave. Um, so Dave goes down first. Um, and Dave touches down to the bottom of the cave. And he's like the second or third person to ever touch down. And he's the first person that actually can swim around down there, like has enough. And this is my sidebar to this is I mentioned, 
I remembered this podcast because Mike was sent an article about these divers. And I just, I reread the article myself and it offered a lot of really interesting like bonus tidbits that I did not get from the podcast. So if anyone wants to read the article. Yeah, if you want um, some bits and tits. I want to talk bits and tits and tits and bids. Um, The article (laughs) is called Raising the Dead. It's on OutsideOnline.com. Can we call them Biddle Tiggies? Tiggle Biddies. (laughs) (laughs) Biddle Titties. Oh, God. Um, Anyways, so this was really interesting that they mentioned. Every extra minute that you spend at that depth, anything over like 800 feet, every minute you spend is another hour of decompression time. That right, you need you, before you go up. You can't just go straight back up because of the bends. Because of the bends. And we're going to get to that in a bit. Great. To elaborate. But yeah, so every minute is another hour that you're going to need to spend before you get up. So there's like, it's high stakes, you know, even when things are going great. It, the it longer makes you, you think stay, of, um, uh, uh, fuck, what's the movie about time travel and black holes that came out like two years ago that I love? Uh, Interstellar? Interstellar. You love that movie? I, that's okay. the most shocking thing I've read today. <laughs> Separate conversation. But yes, I love that movie. Okay, okay. And when they have to go down to that planet and they have to treat time as a resource. Exactly. Because you get, like every minute is like what, 10? It's, it's like, like 10 fucking years or yeah, something yeah. crazy totally. like that. So that, anyway. Literally sidebar. the exact same thing that we're talking about now. <laughs> Literally. Great comparison. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was the, Dave was the first person to get down there and then, like, spend any amount of time down there. And while he was down there, he was swimming around, and he came upon the body of Dion Dreyer. He was a 20-year-old South African um, diver who went down about 10 years before that, and his body was just never recovered. Like, he, they went down, they have no idea what happened, what went wrong with his dive. It was just like, he was there, and then they did a head count, and he was gone, and they don't know what happened to him. That is one of the moments that also has stuck with me since I first heard this. So they talk about like whatever divers he was down there with, they all are on this rope together yeah. at the bottom. And at one point they stopped to do a head count and he is gone. Is gone. Yeah. And they, they kept saying that like if you lose the rope, you will not find it again. Completely. Because again, the it's light the light eating. Yeah. And the blind shrimp. Exactly. You lose that rope, that's it. Totally. And this is like what had my heart pounding and my Eyes wide, gripping the stream. I was like, I just can imagine that you would lose that rope for a second. Yeah. And that panic that would come over you that like, I'm dead. That's it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's insane. And how they just looked back and he was just gone. Yeah. There's no way to find him. So sad. I mean, 20 years old. And again, the article (sighs) did a really good job of going more into detail on, like, who DeAndreer was, who Dave Shaw, the guy that went down and found the body, who Don Shirley was. Like, it, it sets up who they are as people a little bit more than the podcast is able to get into. Yeah, it gets you more into that, like, almost, like, 127 hours kind of thing yeah, yeah, where, yeah. like, here's a traumatic thing. Here's why we care about this person. You yeah. know, like, give you some backstory and who they were. Totally. Um, yeah, so, again, Dave is down there. He sees the body of DeAndreer. He has, like, a moment of trying to, like, release his bot like get him retrieve him in some way because he's like stuck in the mud with like his tanks and all of his all of his gear was still on his body his mask was still on his face even though his face was like a skeleton i mean (sighs) 
so creepy. But he was starting to like exert too much energy, breathe a little bit too heavily, which again is something I'm going to explain a little bit more why that's a problem. But he realized like now's not the time. I didn't plan for this. I can't get this body out. I got to get back up. So he goes back up. Don is with him and he was like, dude, I just found the body of DeAndreer down there. We need to come back. We need to do a rescue mission, get this body out there. And it, it would be like the deepest anyone's ever done like a rescue mission for, right? One so, last mission. One last mission. So a year later, they they do the mission. They go down. They make the attempt to go down and get DeAndreer. So this was a really fun part of the pod. So the host and Don kind of set up like, what are the risks of this kind of dive? And it was almost set up like in a heist movie where like the music plays and it's like, so this is what we're gonna need to do. And it's like bra, 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 bra. Like, like it goes right, up. it goes right in line with that, like, and we're gonna do one last mission. Even yeah. though I don't think it was their last mission, it feels that way. Exactly. And so you're just like waiting to hear like how dangerous this sort of dive is. So again, it took almost a year to plan. Every 33 feet you go down, it doubles your risk. What are the risks? So at that depth, too much nitrogen. So you have basically, um, you have nitrogen, uh, helium, and oxygen. Those are the three gases that you're like, you have like a cocktail of um, as you go down. Too much nitrogen acts like a narcotic. So they said it basically feels like you drank five martinis like that. Which sounds like a good time if you're not going down to <laughs> 900 feet. Yeah, it sounds a lot easier to just drink five martinis. When I had my ear surgery, circling back to that, they gave me like the stuff before they knocked me out. And they're like, it's going to feel like you took five shots of tequila. And it was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> good time. Sign me up. Sign me up. Um, too much helium gives you like twitching fits. Like your muscle, like you're twitching. You're, oh, you're, that's scary. Yeah, not great either. Um, and if you breathe too heavily... You pass out. So that's why earlier the guy was like trying to free the body and he was, he's working hard. He's breathing. He's getting too much oxygen. You can pass out. Okay. Um, you pass out down there and you lose the rope. Exactly. Game exactly. over. Game over. Um, and so then the other risk, like we mentioned before, is the bends. So the bends is you, you get as if you go up to the surface too quickly. Gases, primarily nitrogen, builds up in your blood. And it, they describe it as like if you shook a Coke and then opened the lid. Like, it bursts. So you have to ascend very, very slowly. And because it like depressurize as you go up, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay. In stages. Right. So they set this dive up so that Dave was going to go to the bottom. Don was going to be the next deepest. And then they had a series of support divers that would come down and check on them because they were going to need to decompress for like almost 10 hours. That's how long this was going to take. So they were going to send other divers and they made a rule. No one would go deeper than they had planned on going. So Dave again was going to the bottom to get the body. Don would be the next deepest. And then everyone else would be like where they were decompressing. Was there anything in the article about like if they're going to be down there for 10 hours, like do they eat? Or drink? They didn't. Well, no, Anything? not that I read, but I did hear that you can eat. Um, you can eat. I think Mike. God, shout out to Mike Gennard. You're a real star of this pod tonight. Uh, about <laughs> e- you like eat candy bars. Like you just have to like take out. You like it's wet, but you take you eat between breaths. Wild. Anyways, like okay. Now we're on the day, the day of the dive. D day. D day. Dave dive goes, day. Dive day. Exactly. <laughs> So Dave goes under at 6.15. Don follows about 14 minutes later. Okay, so Don follows. And again, Don is the one telling the story. So Dave goes down. 
15 minutes later, Don follows. So he's following the shot line and he's expecting to see bubbles coming up from Dave and to see his flashlight. Um, but Don is not really seeing any bubbles and he see he eventually sees just like a static, like a stagnant light, like dim and not moving. And he's like, he should be, he shouldn't be there anymore. Like he should already have continued to just like, he just was like getting a weird vibe. Like, why is this light saying still something did not look right. Uh, so Don knows something is wrong and he keeps going down he goes deeper than he planned on going, which, again, was the one rule. was like, we're not going any deeper than we had signed up for. But he goes deeper than he should. So he goes to past 800 feet, which is deeper than he's ever gone. He personally has ever gone. Um, and at 833 feet, I wrote, all hell breaks loose. Are you ready to find out what that hell is? Let me tell you. Okay. His rebreather <laughs> controller imploded. And I'm going to explain what a rebreather is. I learned Thank about God. this in the article that I read. So most scuba divers dive in an open circuit scuba. So they have it they have like their their tanks of I think it's just oxygen. It might not be. God, we need Mike on that. They have their tanks of the gas that they're breathing. Great. And it's it's <laughs> we'll cold. A life tank. It's like ice cold, the gas that they're breathing in. And they have to exhale huge volumes. So they breathe it in and then they exhale a huge volume of gas. Um, there's lots of bubbles. Uh, they need more gas cylinders. Again, this is like normal scuba diving, not with the rebreather. Uh, and it's called open circuit. They need more gas cylinders. There's a risk of hypothermia because the gas is so cold. Okay. Um, and you end up breathing in and absorbing more gases so decompression time is longer. Rebreathers are new. It's a newer technology and it's, re- it's more expensive, which is one of the cons. But basically it recycles the air that you breathe. So you're breathing in and then as you exhale the carbon dioxide, they... It, the machine scrubs out the carbon dioxide that you exhale and adds in more oxygen automatically. So it's like recycling the air that you breathe. As you exhale, it's getting like scrubbed, the carbon dioxide. It's a regular, it's a regular ECMO machine. It pretty much is. It's the underwater <laughs> ECMO. I think that's what they call it. I mean, like on the lowdown. So it's good because less you're emitting less gas, so there's, like, less bubbles. And it's just the, the oxygen, it's, like, at a warmer temperature because it's coming out of you and going back in. So it's all in all just, like, way, way, way more efficient. Less uh, decompression time, too. They said that an open circuit, so, the oh, like, the normal way, you would – this type of dive would take 54,000 liters of gas and take 12 hours of decompression. A rebreather is only 5,800 liters of gas and just under 10 hours of decompression. So a rebreather is just like the way of the future. Oh, that is just like two episodes of Game of Thrones coming your way. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. So I thought that was interesting because like they mentioned very casually that like at when he, when Don gets to 833 feet and his rebreather implodes, I was like, I don't know what that means. What are the stakes? And everything yes it felt like really high stakes but don is like specifically trained so that if you're rebreather it automatically regulates that scrubbing of carbon dioxide and bringing you the oxygen it automatically regulates that but he's trained to manually give himself the oxygen that he needs that's part of his training yeah so he can auto like manually instead of having the machine do the calculation for him he can add in the oxygen to his own tank to his own breathing system on his own so it's like, ugh, the, re-be- the rebreather imploded. Not good. But he's like, I'm trained for this. Honestly, I can do this. if my GPS shuts off, it's like, I just uh, park the car. We're done. I guess I'm we're not going to where yeah. we're going to go. <laughs> um, so he's trained for this. 
but in manually adding his own oxygen, he pushed in too much. Oh, trained my ass. <laughs> yeah. So to take in more oxygen, it's very, he's like, it's he very pass unhealthy out. at these deaths. Exactly. He can pass out. So um, basically, he starts to pass out. That's exactly what happens. So he is realizing he needs to start ascending, but can't ascend too quickly, again, because of the bends. So he's at the rope. They say, he said that, like, basically, like, there is no option to, like, oh, let me get to the surface and solve my problem. You have to solve every problem at the depth that that problem happens at because you can't ascend. So he's realizing, like, I gotta, uh, like, I gotta figure this out. And now, and now I'm starting to pass out. Because you're gonna pass out, your blood's gonna explode. Exactly. Exactly. It's all bad news. (laughs) As I said, all hell will break loose. (laughs) Um, So he's starting to pass out. Then he gets a helium bubble in his ear, which makes him lose balance completely. So he's losing balance. He's passing in and out. And in this process, he loses grip on the rope. So he's, I'm like imagining like in this vast pit of blackness, he's loses the rope. He has no balance. So you cannot tell what's up and down. Yeah, up down. You're like lost in space, literally. Um, So they say that he's passing out, reviving again, passing out. He starts spinning in circles, looking for the rope. He's looking for the rope and he's, Spinning, and he has his flashlight, and he says, like, as if he's facing the direction of the roof of the cave, it's, like, flashing white back, like, it's reflecting off the roof, and then when he, it's, like, to the deep, it's black. So he's spinning, and he's saying, like, white, black, white, black, white, black, as he's, again, no balance, he's going in and out of consciousness, but he manages to find the rope. Thank the Lord. So he gets back to the rope, he grips it, but he got vertigo, because he's been spinning like a bastard out there, and he starts vomiting. So, yes, you can vomit underwater. So he said between breaths, he's vomiting. Breath, vomit, breath, vomit. And since we're doing a podcast, I'll tell you that Kelsey is describing pulling a breathing device yeah, out, out of her of, mouth, yeah. vomiting, yeah. and then reinserting breathing device, and then pulling it out and vomiting and reinserting the exactly. breathing device. So he, he said, he was like, I could barely breathe. And he, again, is at like 800 feet and knows you got at least 10 hours ahead of you in the water still before you can get out. Like, this doesn't just end the second you, like, get consciousness back and you're like, all right, now I'm cool. It's like, no, you're still underwater at that depth. I just can't, I literally can't imagine. It makes me, like, nauseous mm-hmm. to think about. Um, so he eventually stabilizes and begins his slow ascent to the surface. And those support divers are checking in on him. They go down. They have, like, a an underwater, like, a pencil and, and like, um some sort of tablet that he can is able to write on. And they basically writes like Dave is gone. We don't like, cause he had seen his light be static and went to go to him when all of this happened Couldn't and he hadn't down, seen him yeah. since. So it's like Dave's gone. So the priority now is like, we got to get Don out of here alive. And eventually like, again, over the better course of 12 hours, eventually makes his way out. Um, and, yeah, then he gets ta- he gets uh, taken to a decompression chamber, and then in the next morning taken to a hospital. So Don survived this. How I don't quite understand. It's amazing. But one week later, Don gets news: Dave's body rose to the surface. Dave, Dave, sweet Dave. Uh, so there was a lot of speculation about what happened, but Dave had a camera on his. This I, is I'm, the the third image burned into my brain was the ending of this story. Oh my god. So they're able to look at the camera, watch the footage to see what happened. And basically Dave gets down to Dion's body 
gets he's trying to get his body into a body bag but his light gets tangled up in the line and he's trying to get his light loose his light breaks so it was like a backup light that was like the light that was still um so as he's trying to get his light out he gets tangled so he's tangled in the line and again like the the panic that would set in you start breathing shallower shallower you're working harder and harder you pass out so this event basically they said the video is like him struggling he's trying to cut a line loose but like he's now getting like high and is like not like there are scissors far away from where the line is like he's not even getting close to the line and then eventually like stillness and then it just keeps recording until the camera runs out and that is how i mean at that at 900 feet with the body passes out i mean i can't i literally can't even on this one but I'm going to give you some good news because I there's a little bit of good news. The good news is that when Dave rose to the surface, he was tied to Dion's body. So his like mission, like to bring back Dion's body, which they were saying that like scuba divers of this level, it's like almost like you're in like the military, like you like leave no man behind. You know, it, there's that sort of attitude surrounding it. So it was he was going to bring back Dion's body. So. Don was kind of reflecting that, like, at the very least, like, he did what he set out to do. And he did bring Dion's body back. Yeah. And just, unfortunately, died in the process. Like, that's how that... I don't understand the people wired to to do this, right? I don't really get it either. I don't understand. You know, it's like, uh, um, what was the documentary with the climber that came out last year? Um, Oh, stop it right now. Free Solo? Free Solo. That's really what got me on this trail because I was talking to friend Sarah Butler again. Shout out about all the climbers. <laughs> and they were talking about like the high stakes of climbing. And Mike wasn't talking about scuba diving. And Sarah was like, talk about high stakes. I this is this essentially the, the free yeah. solo of the diving world. Like more dangerous even. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't, know. I, I don't think I have the authority to compare <laughs> the two. Exactly. But Let's not try to do a pissing contest. Right. Just crazy. Just so crazy. I mean, I'm just like really, um, I'm still haunted by the image of him just sort of slowly running out of, slowly passing out down and there. And wa- like watching the footage of someone that is just struggling, like, and then to see like, oh, suddenly they're like, their brain's not working anymore. Uh-huh. Like they're missing with the scissors. Like, you know what's happening. Like, you know the science behind what's happening in their body and to see that play out. And you know that, that you love, like, huh? oh, it just hurts so much. You know, they know what's going on. Yeah. Even if they're high, they realize, like, this is bad. Yeah. Like, this is kind of worst case scenario. And yeah, just crazy. <sighs> so, again, this was a snap judgment episode. Um, it was called Where No One Should Go. And this episode, it's pretty words, old. Words that probably should have been listen to seriously um it's kind of hard to get i think on itunes because it's it is old but you can get it on soundcloud so if you just google um snap judgment where no one should go it'll take you to the soundcloud link and it's like maybe 16 ish minutes but like you're hanging on every single minute of this story and you just can't help but put yourself in that position of like what if i was just the drifting away into blackness knowing like i need this rope but then you have no sense of up, down, left, right. You're like getting high. You're passing out. Like, it's, oh it's the longest 16 minutes of your life. Yeah, it really is. So yeah, must listen. Um, I tried my best. I don't know if I could have given it justice. It's much more interesting hearing it from Don Shirley himself. 
Cool. Well, we will take another quick break and we'll come back and I have both a favorite line and a particle for you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. Whew, feels Good. What a great break. I'm refreshed. Um, so I have a really quick favorite line that comes from Every Little Thing, which is another Gimlet Media podcast. Same network as Science Versus, which I talked about earlier because they just do real good shit over there. Great content. Um, a Gimlet. Yeah. Always good stuff there. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much trust anything that Gimlet does. Um, ELT is usually somewhere I get my favorite facts from because it's full of like semi-useless but very entertaining information Mm -hmm. and flora the host is just like one of the funniest people alive um so this one was from an episode called when did pants become a thing oh and they refer to their expert they talked to as a forensic panthropologist (laughs) i just like oh wow (laughs) that tickles me (laughs) i just couldn't let that one go without repeating it here so thank you elt for that um i also have a little particle for you because taxes are happening what, are those? what tomorrow uh yeah tomorrow's tax day i guess i'll let you know when we're recording this <laughs> but um oh yeah okay so today's the 14th today's so, yeah, the 14th the tomorrow is tax day the 15th uh planet money a while ago did this one and they replayed it i think sort of as their own little particle uh, though they don't call it that yet, but they'll catch on. Um, it's an episode called Tax Hero, where they talked about uh, California's attempt to create something called Ready Return. It's one guy's attempt to create something called Ready Return within California. And <clears throat> Ready Return is uh, a, a much simpler way of doing your state tax returns that I guess, according to this podcast, is how the rest of the world kind of does their taxes where it's run more like a credit card where your income is attached to your social security number. And at the end, the state, the end of the year, the state sends you a a pre-made tax return that you basically look it over and you make sure everything looks right and you sign it and you send it back. Mm. And for people who have simple taxes, like most people, not like me as a freelancer, my taxes are a fucking nightmare. But for most people who have one employer and have get a W-4 at the end of the year, they would basically get a return form that just says like okay here's everything that we've accounted that is your income with your standard deductions does this all look right to you sign it and send it back and you're done well that sounds great which sounds freaking incredible yeah and it did not pass in the california senate by one vote because it was blocked by intuit who makes TurboTax. stop it right they now. spent millions of dollars lobbying against it because it would destroy their business. And that's the only reason that we don't have ready return. No way. So if you want to feel... Turbo tax. Fucking nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so if you are interested, if you're feeling really frustrated by your taxes um, and you want to feel more frustrated about them and you want to just 
sink into that feeling for a Don't little bit. Don't use TurboTax. Is yeah. that what we're saying? That's our message. Boycott TurboTax. <laughs> uh, you can go listen to this uh, Planet Money episode. That's from NPR. It's called Tax Hero, and they walk you through um, – how that attempt came to be, how it failed. There is apparently a version of it that sort of exists now that if you kind of dig around, you can find. Um, But yeah, listen to that episode to get a little bit more about it. Um, Just something for the moment. Love that. So. Love that. I can toss another couple moments our way. Um, Things that I've been listening to that I would love to talk about in a future episode. So if you guys want to join me on that ride... Um, one, well, I've been listening to The Dropout, so have you Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes? I finished The Dropout, yeah. Okay, well, I'm on episode three, and again, I watched The Doc, so none of this information is new, but it's really cool to hear more. It's a new angle. Yeah, it's a new angle, and it's fun to hear from the deposition, like, hear her talking, and what she'll, she will, and will not admit to that. That voice is wild. (laughs) It just sounds so, it sounds so made up. So affected. Yeah, it does not sound like someone's natural voice. I don't know how people didn't question it sooner i don't know these are our real voices listeners this is how we actually talk very very much so um but the other ones i'm gonna finish that excited about that uh and then the other pod that i was recommended to by jared jables giblets uh big friend of the pod shout out say that name for me again well his name is jared also known as jables also known as giblets so jared jables giblets Triple J. Uh, yeah, you can go hang out with Don, Jared. Dion, and Dave. Oh my God, Don, Dion, Dave, Jared, Jables, Giblets. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Anyways, uh, recommended by Jared was Root of Evil. Um, and it's been made a show, I think on TNT. Um, I forget the name of the show. Shit, Jared, I'm sorry. You told me this earlier and I don't remember. But it's about um, the Black Dahlia. So oh, for okay. true crime fans. Um, what's his face is in it? Very good looking man. Chris Pine. Chris Pine is in He's it. He's a very good looking man. Yes. Um, so I I don't think I'd realize that there was a podcast. So again, it's called Root of Evil. Um, it looks to be about less than 10 episodes, um, all about 45 minutes each. So I am so, so, so excited to listen to this. And um, if all goes well, I might do a little deep dive on this series next time we meet. Cool. That sounds great. I'm super looking forward to that. I think that does it for this week's episode of So I Heard This Interesting podcast. Kelsey, where can they find I us? I always dread <laughs> you ask me this because <laughs> I always do. I, I always do because I don't want to have to do it. Uh, you can find us at Sit Up and Listen. That is S I H T I P and Listen on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, we have a Facebook, but I mean, honestly, know. Facebook is for the birds. We all know yeah, this. We've we covered know. it. We know. <laughs> The good and the bad of Facebook. We're done with the Zuck. We're done with the Zuck. We're there, but when you want to find us on Instagram. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And is there an email? Sit up and listen at... At strawhutmedia.com. At strawhutmedia.com. Because we are part of the Straw Hut Media Network. Yeah, as you can see, we do take recommendations. So we want to hear from you what you want us to talk about. Yeah, and we love to review stuff that you guys think is cool. We can't promise we're going to like it, but we will talk about it. Absolutely, we will. All right, so I guess we'll catch you next time. See you next week. Bye. Do you know what house you would be in if you were in a house? Um, Ravenclaw.
<laughs> that was the right answer. It was a trick question, and that was a very right answer. 